I'm Nicole Wakeland. And I'm Eileen Falkenberg-Hull. And this is Fast Women, brought to you by Newsweek. We travel the world, stay in the best hotels, drive the newest cars, and have off-the-beaten-path adventures. And we're going to tell you all about it. Let's buckle up and hit the road. Let's hit the road. Angry Eileen. Damn it. Hit the road. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. We are back with another episode of Fast Women. I traveled to Texas last week. Nicole, did you go anywhere? Um, I actually didn't have to go anywhere. I've been home, Eileen. Like been in the home? house that I live in, where I like pay to live. Yes, I've been, and it's kind of glorious. <laughs> I made a blueberry <laughs> pie. I talked about going to get pie, going to get blueberries. I made blueberry pie. It's fantastic. blueberry pie. You are a fantastic baker. You really are. Like you send me huh. photos of things and I'm just yeah. like, that, that is out of a cookbook that no, that's Nicole's counter that she legit made that like that is fantastic. <laughs> I'm not. And it's like, I'm not very like Susie homemaker in any other way. When it comes to baking, I'm like, bring it. What do you want me to bake? I love to bake. Oh, you are baked goods. You do. And yet Christmas, you make like 30 different types of cookies or some such BS for people. I do. I make a bazillion kinds of cookies. I make so many cookies and they're really good. I have like containers just stacked in the kitchen and I send them to work and I give them to the guys that drop off my cars each week. Like have some cookies, gentlemen. I, yeah, cookies are my jam. I would like you to know you've never sent me cookies. I've never eaten (gasps) your cookies. I've actually never eaten any of your baked goods. And here I am prophesizing about how great of a baker you are. Well, you know what? Then the next time we see you, I'm going to bring baked goods. Maybe I'll bring you a pie. Maybe (laughs) instead of bringing pie home, I'll bring pie to you. (laughs) Like, let me get this on the schedule because I feel like I could do that. I could be excited. I feel like we could make this happen. I feel like I could accept a pie. And, And like... And like we would in uh, the buttermilk pie we got out in Green, Texas, I would 100% give you the tin back. So it oh. would, <laughs> I'd even wash it. I'm a Bless generous, I'm a generous gift. Yeah, I know, I know, right? <laughs> All right. So you were home. I went to Texas. Yeah. Um, we've been driving a bunch of different vehicles. We're going to tell our listeners about kind of a bunch of the different stuff that's been showing up in our driveways um, yep. that we haven't really talked about elsewhere. So I was in Texas. I landed in Austin. Uh, despite all of the air travel delays. Um, and I have to tell you, I did something that I have not done since I was 23 years old. Oh, goodness. What did you do, Eileen? I rented a car. What? Wait, I the have last not time rented, you rented a, car. a car, you were 23? <laughs> I So personally, so my husband's rented a car like that we've traveled in, but I have never on my own rented a car since I was 23 years old and I'm almost 40. So like to give you an idea, times have changed. <laughs> um, and I literally like was like, okay, what am I missing? Like on the website, I reserved it myself like an adult. And wow. I was just like, <laughs> like, this is what people do. Okay, as I, I felt very you, like I I felt very stupid. I was like, okay, is this really how this works now? Like as I couldn't I remember. I, I never. I don't generally. We we don't generally need to rent cars, but my husband rents them a lot for when he goes on trips because he doesn't have a car waiting at the airport when he does business trips. So he normally rents our cars. So I think honestly, I don't think I personally have rented a car. I don't remember the last time when. Well, it's you guys rent cars in Europe. We do in Europe, but so even that, like, I don't do the rental car thing. Like, it's always the husband does it. I'm literally thinking, like, if I had to physically rent my own car, I'd be like, huh, okay. Because I never, he always, it's he's that's his thing. He organizes thing. trips and vacations. It's all in his capable hands. I just show up and drive them. <laughs> so let me show you like the, the, process, program. 
The process has not much changed. Um, <laughs> it is still show up, give them your credit card. They hold an exceptional amount of money. And then you take off in the car of your choice, which I, which I will not tell you what I got. But I will tell you, I signed up for the Ford Focus or better. And or better. honestly, or better. Did you because get that or better? I, I received an or better. Whether or not it was actually better is to be determined. <laughs> but we don't review uh, rental cars here because honestly, no. let's we aren't doing that. So no. um, so that's where we are with that. Um, Hertz treated me well, though. So um, I did not get a discount. I paid flat out for it. And um, I rented a car. So did that. I'm an adult now. I've officially reached adult status. So, Eileen, um, I'm so proud of you. I know. Sometimes I'm efficient and self-sufficient. So that's how it happened. Um. Uh, so I did that because I had to drive to Horseshoe Bay Resort, which is north of Austin. You've been there before. Yes. Um, it's on Lake. It's a gorgeous spot. I mean, it's really a Beautiful. nice place to be. Um, went there for the all women's Bronco off rodeo event. So okay. if you if you've ordered a Ford Bronco, or you can be the guest of someone who's ordered a Ford Bronco, you get yeah. to have the opportunity to go to an off roading expedition sort of day. Um, where you can learn about more off-roading, get to practice your off-roading in a Ford Bronco, even before you take delivery of the Ford Bronco. That's kind of cool. Yeah, it's 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 a fun little thing. So this was an it's all women's you event. Can, it's neat that you can bring someone with you too, because like if you bought it and it's like, say the husband or the wife buys it, you could go and then bring your spouse with you so you can both check out the car you're about to get. Right, and so so other off-roading events um they have had you know you could bring husband wife you could do two men you can do women two women, whatever right this was just for women so it was kind of fun they had um some of the folks who are in charge of designing the bronco and engineering the bronco down there who are women and i got to drive among them shelby hall was there she's an off-road racer she does a lot with oh the she's program. wonderful I, I met her on the um rebel rally the year that i drove that she was fantastic yeah and she was up in Mackinac with us um up yep. at the bronco everglades so yeah so i saw her down there and it was just fun so you go to the off rodeo and it is a build out like so they bought these four sites in the u.s there's one in moab there's one outside of las vegas there's one in let's say new hampshire and there is one in texas outside of austin and basically it's like going to camp but for broncos which is mm-hmm. never a bad thing. I mean, you guys know how much I love the Bronco. So so it was really fun to be able to go and do that. You do, you know, these little like terrain challenges. You eat gourmet food. They bring a chef in who cooks. It's a really fun experience. Um, and it is like, it's not like camp in the respect that like there's a porta potty if you're lucky behind a cactus that you're going to use. <laughs> um, it's like, like there's bathrooms and like, it's nice. Like it's fully built out. Ford spent some money on this. Um, it is an investment in the Bronco and kind of what you can do with Bronco. So went out to Austin and the Austin one, Nicole, you've actually been at. So that's where they did the launch for the Bronco, right? Right. Yes, so they did. So I didn't, I didn't go to that, um, but I did. Uh, I have driven the Bronco a lot, drove in other off rodeo. So you and I have driven, we drove the one in Nevada together. Yes, we did that one. And it was, uh, it, and it managed to lightly snow and then the next day really snow remember they had snow and it was so freaky yes. because everyone's like this is they weren't i don't think they were quite anticipating the snow but it made it kind of neat because it was ridiculously cold like unexpectedly cold and windy cold <clears throat> windy yeah. cold it was brisk because so, so often we're doing this off-road stuff you're in these it's hot like the the um bronco raptor that we did a couple of weeks back now whenever we did that like bazillion degrees. This was kind of neat because it was, okay, now you're going to get to do some cold things or a little mucky things. It was like a little bit of snow on the ground. And some people that like the day after you and I drove had legit snow. There was like a bit of snow to drive through it, which is kind of neat. 
yeah, we went, we did, we went on Bronco Rodeo stuff. We went off, off on um, Bureau of Land Management lands. So we yeah. kind of went through. We actually drove by. Um, if I don't know if anybody here's an old movie fan, but Clark Gable's wife, Carol Lombard, actually died in a plane crash right mm-hmm. around the area. Um, crashed her plane crashed into a mountain. Um, while she was in the process of returning home from raising literally thousands and thousands of dollars, uh, for the military and military related causes in World War II. So yeah. she, um, that plane crash site's there, and you and I stopped at a saloon and a legit saloon, like yeah. old Wild West saloon, where there was a man who looked like an old prospector sitting at the bar. Um, yes. and they had a Carol Lombard tribute room. They which, did. So you walked into the main like eating area of the restaurant which did feel like a saloon like it was poorly lit everything was very dark it, it was definitely had, a did, town that time had forgotten right but the, and the food, saloon was the, yeah the food was tasty though it was like so like bar food but it was good food but then you walk through this like sort of door to the side and it's like oh it's like sort of a shrine <laughs> it's a lot it's, yeah, a lot. it's a lot like <laughs> like it, it's one of those places where like if we tell you about it you're like okay it's a lot that you get there you're like oh no that was not an exaggeration that actually yeah, exactly. was a lot we yeah. are not making it up it is a lot should you go it is a lot <laughs> yeah so it's um but old process i couldn't even tell you the name of this saloon like it is literally in the middle of nowhere you would have to google the heck out of it to find it um but should you ever find yourself at a genuine saloon near the carol lombard crash site and tribute area I just feel like I was going to say in tribute band. I don't know if there's a Carol Lombard tribute band. I mean, (laughs) like, honestly, I feel like at some point there probably was. Um, Probably. Yeah. But anyway, she was, she did a lot for the U.S. military um, back in the day, raising Mm -hmm. money. She was, she was quite impressive in her efforts. Uh, So anyway, so there's that one in Moab. You or you and I haven't been to the one in Moab. We've driven Jeeps around and near the one in Moab, but we haven't done yes, the one which in Moab, was so right? so funny. Like, you're, we're driving the Jeeps. I'm like, hey, isn't that Bronco off-road? Yeah, that's what we're driving by. It was like on a, was it the Grand Cherokee drive route? There was a drive route, and we literally went right by it. Everybody did. <laughs> yeah, it was Grand Cherokee two-door for this current generation. It was like last fall. Two-door? Not two-door. They all have four-door. four doors. Sorry. Sorry, I'm thinking two row, not three row. Sorry, blame me. Guys, there's not another Jeep variation. <laughs> there's a lot of Jeep variations. Grand Cherokee has four doors, um, but two rows in this particular version. There um, we go. Yes, that's where we're going with that. So yeah, so we did drive around there. It's beautiful. I mean, the Moab site is beautiful. I mean, it's on the river. It is gorgeous. I mean, Moab's gorgeous in general, but the, the off rodeo there is fantastic. Um, I have not seen the one in New Hampshire. Have you seen the one? We have a friend who went up there, right? I Yes. My best friend actually, um, they had pre-ordered a Bronco and her, her, it was for her husband and they did the one up in New Hampshire and they said it was fantastic. She said it was great. Um, she really enjoyed it. They do some off-roading on their own in their Wrangler. So she's, you know, they have off-road experience. She said, this was really cool. They had, you know, a good, it's kind of similar to what we did, but slightly different I guess but you know they had a good range of different trims and configurations of the Bronco that you could try and she did it she said it was beautiful in the area where it's in it should be nice like knowing where it is it's like they didn't pick like something right in a city it is kind of out there so they picked a nice spot for it so but I've never actually seen the one in New Hampshire which is kind of funny because it's close by so <laughs> well you never know you never know tomorrow might be your time you're gonna get the invitation you're gonna get the call Nicole, exactly. I'll be I'll be heading up to Guilford, New Hampshire to drive the, the Bronco. Who knows? <laughs> we, we know a guy. 
we know a guy. We, we know, know a, guy. a guy. But it is. It's up in the mountains. It's like in the White Mountain area, kind of in New Hampshire. So it's a beautiful location where it's, where it is. But so. it's but it's also not something that like just you can just go to and sign up and go to. It's not like a driving school sort of thing. You have to have a reservation for a Bronco. Like you have to meet certain criteria. It's it's definitely um, an experience for the true Ford customer, and that's that's kind of mm-hmm. cool. Like I'm excited to see where they take it in the future. It would be. Um, you know, there's a lot, there's a lot going on with Bronco. It's exciting. I think it's, well, and I think it's a neat idea. I think the whole idea of having a spot where people who've just bought a car like that can go and drive it and check it out and, and really have someone show them, especially if you don't know what it can do, or you're not familiar with that kind of driving to have like experts who can say, no, you can do this. Come on. I'll show you how that's kind of neat. And, and so this was an all women's event and it's always interesting to get a group of women together, especially off-roaders, because there are times, and you know this, you and I have experienced it where you get treated a little differently when you're with a mixed group of people, um, especially yes. when you're driving with a bunch of expert off-roaders and they'll yes. say, you know, oh, have you ever done this before? And you just look at them, you go, oh no, I've never been off-road before. I'm just at this special program because I look pretty and sometimes they take me places. Like it's, I, I just like, what, be, what, and, and you know what? Most of the time when they do, I, 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 I go back and forth. Like, are they really just trying to be like, okay, we just want to make sure you're all set and they come off that way. Or is it like, hey, little lady, do you know what you're doing in this here big rig car that you're driving? You know, it, it comes off like the later far too often. So. It really does. It really does. But I mean, I'd like to think we're moving in the right direction. So but when you're with a bunch of women, um, even people who have never driven off-road before, and like this is their first time, um, it's it's kind of, it's a little bit more freeing. Like I feel like, it, and not that like you and I are worried about impressing people, but I do think there's an intimidation factor there, there for a lot of people who might be first-time off-roaders or novice off-roaders yeah. who really mm-hmm. want to, who genuinely want to learn, but maybe don't want their husband who's been off-roading forever because he grew up with four by fours and in the woods. Um, you know, it's just not typically that women do that. So it's kind of, it, it's kind of this unique opportunity. And it was really nice to be right. there and to be around those women who are learning and so excited because they're buying Broncos, not their mm-hmm. husband, they're buying them. Right. Um, and it's what they've wanted. And it was just, it was really fun to be around that environment and to also experience the off-roading because I do love a good day of off-roading. I live. It's always off-roading. fun. Yeah. And I will say this, and, and it's one thing, like, you know, this it, Jeep has the same thing with drive modes. It makes everything so much easier. So oh, it really the does. Bronco itself has a phenomenal a number of drive modes and it just makes off-roading easier, but you do have to know how to use it. Like if you don't know how to use certain drive modes and you're just kind of out there not doing anything, um, you're kind of by yourself. You're like, oh, well, is this mud and ruts? Is this sand? You don't know what you're doing. Um, you do have to have a baseline level of expertise. And so don't just take your Bronco out there and kind of drive into something and be like, oh, well, how do I get it out of here? Like you really do need to know, like, Cars can handle a lot these days. Jeeps, Broncos, mm-hmm. trucks I can handle a lot, but they you do need to have a baseline level of understanding before you do head out in the woods or in the desert, especially the desert, um, right? with your new vehicle. Yeah, you got to make sure you know what you're doing. Like, and, and that's key. Like, even even Eileen and I, like, I went, we went off-roading a couple of weeks ago. I did with my husband and Tennessee, and we were on a trail we didn't know. And I got so far, and then you stop. And I know what I'm doing to a point. But, like, you have to know, you have to know when you're you're exceeding what your skill level is. And especially if you're off-driving on your own. If you were on your own, you were on your own. You don't have that other guy to help you, to help tow you out, whether they've got a winch or toe straps or whatever. So there is something to be said for knowing how to do off-roading and also knowing when to say, like, this is beyond my skill set. Don't be stupid. I'm going to get myself in trouble. You're going to hurt yourself or hurt your car or just get stuck. You, you, having a little bit of experience so that you know what you can and can't do and having someone show you the ropes is a good thing. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And knowing when to back off. 
like knowing mm-hmm. your limits is, is a good thing as well. It's kind of like when you're arguing with your spouse and you just need, you know where you can draw the line because you're otherwise going to just need to walk out of the room. Walk out of the room. It's okay to walk out of the room. <laughs> yes. It's okay to say I need a breather. It's not exactly. a problem. Uh, exactly. It is what it is. So, okay, so we're going to take a little break. We're going to get back. We're going to talk about more driving on our own and where we've driven, what we've driven, um, things we love, things we hated, and things that were ruined before we got them. We'll be right back. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. All right, we are back with another segment of Fast Women. Nicole and I have been home a fair amount in the past couple of weeks, despite how it may sound on air. Yes. Um, and we've been driving a bunch of different vehicles. We've been driving some mm-hmm. GMs, some Fords, some Hyundais, some Acuras. Um, so let's talk a little bit about why don't we start with, I'm saying they're all SUVs except for one. So why don't we yeah. start with, uh, da, 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 da. okay, you drove the Cadillac Escalade V-Series a couple of weeks ago in Arizona. I did. And you the, loved it. I, I call it the Escalade of that's right, the Escalative. I forgot about the that. The Escalative. I yes, I did, and I actually really did love it. I mean, it was crazy and expensive and over the top, and it has this uh, fantastic, aggressive sound to it, and it it is everything you want in a great big luxury SUV with all that power under the hood. I was a big fan. So you and I joke sometimes that on this podcast, we'll mention things. And then like literally hours later, that car will show up in our driveway or a similar model. Um, And Mm -hmm. so that's what happened to me. I actually got the Cadillac Escalade that like right after we record, like the day we recorded that I got a little bit later in the day, they dropped it off for me. Um, And it's not the first time I drove this generation Escalade. It is the second time. And the first time I wasn't such a big fan of it. Now, obviously they evolve the engineering a little bit as they, as they get into it's different model year. Um, I it's growing on me, honestly. And it's not just because it's plush and lush. Like I just genuinely enjoy driving the Escalade now. And I think a large part of that is because of the uh, Super Cruise technology. Honestly, I think Super Cruise is so good that yeah, it's just like, Super it Cruise makes, really it, is. It's fantastic. I, it's, it's like, you know, all of these driver assistants, cause you can't call them self-driving cause they're not technically hands-free like, driving. Yeah, hands-free driving. They're all sort of leading you in a certain direction and some of them are better than others and it all comes down to how much it just, not just that it stays in its lane and makes the turns and the curves and the things that you need it to do, but does it do it in a way that mimics what you as a human would do well enough to make you feel comfortable? Because even if maybe like as a human, you wouldn't quite turn just yet. If it turns too early or turns too late in a curve, it makes you uncomfortable and you have that sense of like, oh, I got to grab the wheel because it's it's not doing it. And I think Super Cruise does a really good job of like, nope, it, it handles things exactly the way that you would. So you're paying attention. You're still looking at the road. You're there in case the car needs you to take over, but you don't, you're not hovering over it like, oh God, oh God, oh God, it's it's not going to do the right thing. You, you, you very quickly get comfortable with it and you don't have a problem trusting it, which is a big deal. Yeah. And a lot of what I think makes that good is that you actually, it monitors your head movement. So it knows if you're not looking at the road, like you can sneeze and it's not going to, you know, have an issue, but it makes sure, and it will actually deactivate with warning if you are not actually, um, 
if you're not paid attention. So there is a bit of a, of a fail safe there as well. But I, I really like Super Cruise. And honestly, mm-hmm. like if I was looking at a full size SUV, that would be the determining factor for me. Like I would spend $20,000 more to get Super Cruise. And I know that's absolutely legit nuts. But I would spend more money to get Super Cruise at this point. It sounds nu- it sounds nuts, but like if you if you have the opportunity, and like it is an opportunity that we have that most people don't. That we've tried all these different systems, so we have uh, we have a pretty good like way of comparing. We we've, we've experienced them all in a good bit of detail. It is worth it for this one. This one is good. Like this is I like this one a lot. They're not they really aren't all good. Some of them you have more of a ping pong kind of thing where you feel like it's correcting too much in the lane. We felt and, that way about the Lincoln Navigator. Yeah, exactly. Like it's it wasn't it it works. Let's be clear, it works. It keeps you in the lane. It does its job, but it does it in a way that is not as you don't feel as comfortable. You're always it's inelegant. It's inelegant. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, how about this? It's not refined. Yes. Uh, so where the Super Cruise is a little bit more refined, so it feels more natural, and that's what you want. You want it to mimic what you do well enough that you believe that it's going to do it. Not that you're questioning, like, did an engineer mess this up? Am I actually going to turn with the road or am I going to go too far straight and like edge into the next guy's lane? So, And I really like Super Cruise now has an automatic lane change feature. So it can mm-hmm. go around vehicles. If, you, if, you're, you know, if your adaptive cruise control comes up on somebody going 55 and you're going 75 in an area where a 75 mile an hour speed limit is appropriate, then Correct. you... It will, it will go around the car for you as long as it is clear and safe to do so. And you can also signal that you want the lane to change. So there's there's different different ways to control it and have it control what you are doing. I'm, I'm a big fan of Super Cruise. I'm a pretty decent fan of the uh, Cadillac Escalade. And you don't need to have like all the bells and whistles on the Escalade. Um, it's still a fine vehicle. I, I've Like I said, I've grown to like it a lot more over the past few years. Um, I think it's good. Like I would spend money on an Escalade now. If I needed a full-size SUV. It is. I mean, it is. It, it, there is at least the Escalade is like something to be said for the fact that it is, it's big. It is in your it's face. It's huge. It attracts attention. It is not the car you want if you're driving in a congested city because it's going to feel like you're about to sideswipe or clip everything in sight. There are situations where it doesn't work. Um, but if where it does work, it works beautifully. And if you want that, if you want, you are saying something when you buy an Escalade. There are other full-size luxury SUVs you could buy that are less attention-getting. This is definitely a vehicle that screams like, I have arrived. I have the cash to afford this thing. I have done something in my life to be somewhat successful. Here I am in my fancy car. And I actually am not criticizing the people that want to say that, but it makes a statement. It is definitely a statement vehicle. It's not It's not under the radar. It's not, it's not unobtrusive. It is like, boom, here is the Escalade. It is in the parking lot. <laughs> it's like, I am a success. That's what, that's I am what it says. I am a success. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I think that's fantastic. So Cadillac Escalade actually is a win for me, um, based a lot on Super Cruise, but also looks, I do. Like I said, it's growing on me. So yeah. everything else we're going to talk about is slightly smaller than that, except for the Ford F-150 Lightning, which yes. I am driving right now. Not like right now, right now, but it is in my driveway right, right now. Um, you and I drove it in Texas for the Miasma of Evil. We did, yes. And we liked it there. So I have the Lightning XLT here, which is the mid-grade. Which I, we like better. Does it have the the crazy seats that we don't like? Or there is- are no maxi pad seats. These are the cloth Yay! seats. This is the way to go. Um, yeah, it is. A, it is. A, it can't unsee sort of scenario with those seats. But these ones are the good ones. And so cloth seats. And it's got, you know, all the screens. It's got everything you could possibly need. Right. Like it, it's it's yeah. solid. Um, it doesn't have like the Escalade has. It doesn't have that hands free driving technology, which you kind of get used to that. I'm going to be honest. After a while, we're like, oh, that'd be nice to have blue cruise in here. Um 
but also like I'm not paying the extra money for it. Like th- this grade right. of lightning right around 65, 66,000, something like that is mm-hmm. really good. Like I, I, I would, this is the grade to buy. It's got everything you want. It, it, it's just, it's really good. And I do like cloth seats. I'm going to be honest. I've, I've sweltered enough thighs that my, my summer thighs are done and they're, they're happy with the cloth seats. Now, yeah, it is an electric vehicle. So on the plus side, instant torque, which means you mm-hmm. can just absolutely haul going down the interstate on ramp, um, yep. which I may have done and enjoyed every minute of. But it also means that you have to plug it in. So I have a question for you, Nicole. So where you live yes. is different than where I live. And so where I yes. live, um, if I want to do some fast charging, which like I was going to go to the airport in it this week. So I needed to actually fast charge it. So I had enough that I didn't have to worry about plugging in at the airport. Because Atlanta Airport parking decks under construction, you don't know how many Teslas are going to be plugged in. Like you just need to like actually like solidify your options before you get there. So I didn't know. Yeah. So I was like, All right, I'm gonna go fast charge, get up to eighty percent. Just just you know, take a half hour and do that. So I went there. Number one, it's like a hundred degrees in the sun, maybe hotter because Atlanta in the summer. Um, yeah. Number two, I'm in a dark black parking lot in a suburban area. Number three, I am in the middle of the back of the parking lot by myself. Probably 400 yards from the grocery store that's in this oh, parking geez. lot. Um, no trees, nothing like that. And I understand trees, power lines, that doesn't mix. That's fine. But, like, it's not, like, convenient in terms yeah. of, like, a spot to go. Like, if it was at the front, you know, like, if it was, like, and I don't need to be the front parking spot, but maybe, like, the middle of the giant suburban parking lot, not, like, the corner edge. And, like, mm-hmm. I know there's land lease deals. I know how this stuff works. I know why they engineer it the way they do and how they have to stretch power lines from the road. And that's, you know, it's closer, so it's cheaper. But, like, ugh. I had to, like, like so yeah. I went and got groceries. And I went and got, like, and it's, like, you know, 100 degrees outside. So I go get groceries. And then I'm taking the cart full of groceries. And I'm pushing it to the back of the parking lot, looking like a bag lady. Because nobody can actually see as far back as I'm going with this cart. And I'm just, like, pushing and pushing and pushing. And I don't mind a walk. I don't mind a walk in the heat. Yeah. I mean, it is. That's okay. what I signed up for living in Atlanta. But it's just like, <laughs> maybe, maybe not here. And so like, then I was like, okay, well, where are the other like Electrify America fast charging stations near me? Because yeah. that's, I've used this one before and it's fine. I'll usually, usually like 10, 15 minutes, which I can just sit in the mm-hmm. car and like check my email. Like that's fine. Um, yeah. But the other one is near like uh, a movie theater, Barnes and Noble, Chili's like location, which it's, it's, it is what it is. And that Chili's isn't, I've, I've, I've spent the time dining there and i can't say it's my favorite uh of the chili's locations um but it's just like it it again like it's behind a bush and like you're just like oh you emerge from the bush and you're like at the movie theater um it's just very it's not like the most hospitable right and i know people don't always use fast chargers i know that's not the way it goes like when you charge your regular four by e you charge it at home for the most part unless you're driving to the airport and you plug it at the airport right but like, I just feel like, I don't know, it just, it, it's unappealing to me. That part of the lifestyle is unappealing to me. Well, I, I remember, and now the granted, this was a couple of years ago, but I had the Chevy Bolt EV and mm-hmm. we drove it to um, like Provincetown or something. I want to say it was. Yes, which I is, remember that. Right. And on the way back, we, we needed to charge it up on the way back because of the route we were going. And there was a place that we wanted to stop to have food. And we found someplace charge and it was the weirdest thing. Like, and this was not that long ago. Right. So I know there's more charging stations now, but still we stopped to just find a charging station. It is in a parking lot. One, 
in a parking lot at an office building because this wasn't off a main route. Like we weren't on a heavily traveled spot. And it's like a parking lot in an office building. It's a weekend. There's no one there. It's in the corner. It's one. So we've parked our car in the corner of this giant parking lot, charging it up to walk out of the lot and down the street a couple of blocks to where we we're eating lunch. But I'm like, I wouldn't have wanted to just randomly park in the corner of a parking lot by my like that's in the middle of the day okay but when I would wander back there in the middle of the night that's not it's a little but yeah it's still the lifestyle is still there are moments when it's like this is brilliant and then there's moments where you're like yeah this isn't quite ready for prime time and so like when you have a plug-in hybrid electric vehicle a PHEV mm-hmm. it does it only has you know 35 to well, mostly 30 to 40 I mean Wrangler's got a little bit less but 30 to 40 yeah. miles of all electric range it makes it a lot easier because you're not charging for so long. You're not so reliant on it. Right. So if you do want to go quickly top off, I mean, it doesn't take that long. And you could sit in that parking lot for five, 10 minutes and get a little bit extra charge. You don't feel bad. But like if you're doing a full on EV like Lightning, it is you have to make the conscientious decision that I'm going to spend an hour of my time either yep. sitting in this car boiling grocery shopping 400 yards away or, you know, whatever, whatever it does. And it's just, it's a conscientious life choice for those people. Now I know most people are going to charge at home. I know that's not a thing, but if you are road tripping, it is something to take into account. And that is where the Tesla supercharger network wins. Yeah. And I feel that's the thing that like, I was having a conversation with my neighbor about this and she was asking if like, am I buying an EV too early? And I said, no, you're not. I said, cause she drives around town. She, she works 20 minutes from our house. I said, you, you, you generally are just around here and they have a vehicle. She's like, well, if we're going on a road trip, she's like, we have another car. I'm like, well then take that. And it's bigger. She's like, well, I was thinking of getting smaller for an EV and keeping this for, you know, road trips. I'm like, that's perfect. I said, I wouldn't buy it if you were just doing, if you were doing family road trips all the time, I know that there's, you know, the the vehicles have things in their infotainment that will help you plan charging locations and all the different charging companies have things that can tell you where the nearest charging spot is and even how many of them are open. So, you know, there's 30 charging stations and five of them are open right now or whatever. Like you can see all that. They make it as, they do make it as easy as possible, but it's still not as seamless as just topping off your tank and keeping going. You have to plan. You have to sit there. You have to be ready to wait. And sometimes it doesn't work with your route. Like if you want to stop in this spot and experience this thing on a road trip, but the nearest charging station is not near enough to walk over to that thing, then you either have to plan another stop to charge or you don't stop at the thing you want to see because there's no place to charge there. You know, it's just, it doesn't, I don't think they work for road trips. Like you said, Tesla's the exception because of their supercharger network and they're on every highway and they're fast and you can find that somewhere. It's easier to top that off. It's easier to get that going. But in generally speaking, the road trip thing is still, you can do it. We're not saying you can't do it. You 100% can do it if you're willing to make the commitment to the planning that it requires. I did have, so I had somebody explain it to me once that the era we're in now is like the early 1900s gas stations where you had to like plan your route that way. And in my head, I'm like, oh, that makes sense. But the one thing you could always do on that that you cannot do with an EV is you could take a gas can with you. Yes. And you can't do that. You can get, I mean, even, I mean, even today, if you're, as I grew up in the country and I remember people with trucks having gas cans in the back. And I remember my dad, like we would go get gas for the lawnmower. We would stop and get an extra, like you just have it at home. Right. You can't do that with an EV. And that's that's no. kind of what, that's that differentiator in your head. But I do like Lightning. I like it a lot. I would own it personally. Um, I would own it just to drive around. I would own it to drive back and forth the airport. I would own it just because it's cool. 
Um, that's where I'm at. And you guys know I like trucks. Like that's that's right. where I'm at. But yeah, yeah like yeah. I I really like Lightning. I really really do. Same. Um, I really do. As I was as critical as I am about using vehicles like EVs for road trips, I love the Lightning. I think it's fantastic. I wish I had a reason to buy a truck. I don't really need a truck. Do you need me to come up with a list? I think I could do that for you. Like if you come really want one, I can come up with a list. A, I mean, a list you'll be able to get it for four years, but I feel like you could. <laughs> yeah, exactly. By I the time I can get the F-150 Lightning, there will be uh, like 50% more chargers on whatever drive route that I yeah. want to do. <laughs> there is like a three-year waiting list for the Lightning, yeah. just to be clear. It's that's long. what we're talking about. Yeah. It's long. They are ramping up to build more, but they are, I mean, order banks are just full and it, it's great. It's great people are adopting electric vehicles in that way. Certainly a lack of emissions helps uh, the greener planet, um, but yeah. there are, it's not tailpipe emissions. I mean, cause there are other emissions that are associated with building and constructing electric vehicles. And we're not going to get into that today because I don't feel like getting a headache this early in the morning, but yeah, that's a lot. It's a lot, but um, there's some, it's lightning is an exciting product. And I'm really happy for Ford that they came out with it because it's awesome. Um, so everything else on this list that you and I have driven is not electric. So why don't we take a break? We'll come back and we'll talk about three non-electric SUVs. Um, that I think we actually like all three of them, shockingly We do, yeah. Okay, we'll be right back. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. All right, we are back with our third and final segment of this episode of Fast Women. And we are going to talk about three vehicles. We're going to talk about the Acura mm -hmm. MDX, which is mm -hmm. a three-row SUV, a premium SUV. The mm -hmm. two-row Buick Encore GX, which is a subcompact technically, but it's kind of plus-sized um, premium SUV. And the Hyundai Kona N-Line, which is a not-premium subcompact SUV. Um, Nicole, which one do you want to talk about first? Can I talk about the MDX? Yes. Talk about the Acura. Love the okay. MDX. Let's talk about the Acura MDX. So love the Acura MDX. It's what's sitting in my driveway this very moment. First of all, I love the way this looks. And I have the 2022 Acura MDX SH all-wheel drive type S advanced. Oh my God. I lost a, 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 it's advanced a, package mm -hmm. advanced. I suddenly was like, wait, I think it's advanced. So that's the name. I mean, like you can't fit that in a headline. Whoever has to write a story on this car. Good luck. Uh, but all of that means that you have a very well equipped vehicle. It has a lot of style to it. Like on the outside, there's red brake calipers on there that just look snazzy. Um, as we're speaking about the red brake calipers and we're down by the wheels, the wheels themselves are also quite snazzy. It has beautiful wheels. They're not as beautiful if somebody has managed to curb clip the bejesus out of them and take some of the tire with it. It was not me, but I am driving that vehicle. You did send me a text. And you were I like, look at this tire. And there was a flap. There's an actual yeah. flap out of the tire. There's a, there's a flap. So here's your, 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 your warning. Sidewall damage is not to mess with. So I am driving this a little gingerly, which means that every single street that I will need to drive will have potholes and construction and pavement ripped up for this week, wherever I go, because I'm driving a tire that I'm a little bit sketch about. But it is holding. It's fine. If it wasn't safe, I wouldn't drive it. But yeah, curb clip the bejesus out of this poor thing and all. All I could think of was I'm like, oh, those wheels, they're going to be expensive to replace those wheels. And it's like, not like a light scratch. It's like metal is gone. Oh, no. If somebody hit the curb in that thing hard. 
They yeah, hit, some, they hit like a granite curb in that thing. That's yeah. what I think. I, yeah. I think someone completely misjudged and took out a granite curb big time. Um, but hey, the Acura MDX held up through the <laughs> through the damage. It's just the sidewall and the tire there. It's gonna need a new tire. It's gonna need a new wheel up there. Um, yeah, so that was fun. But I did not do that. That that was just something that this poor Carson. Every time I see that, when I look at it, I'm like, oh, I gotta look at the other side because it breaks my heart that this is damaged because it's so beautiful. It is a really good looking car. It looks striking. I actually had. Um, in my long list of everything going wrong, a plumber out to my house to fix something. And he was like, Hey, cool car in the driveway. And he thought I was from California because the plates are from California. So we had a nice little chat about the car. He thought it was pretty nifty. Uh, so I am a fan of the MDX. It is a three liter turbocharged six cylinder engine, 355 horsepower. So it is, it's not a small vehicle, but it has the horsepower to, to move. It, it is actually, I wouldn't say that it's aggressive, but it's fun to drive. Like you don't feel, you don't feel the weight. Like some large vehicles, you feel like you feel the weight of it. Like you, you know, you're driving something big and you can tell like, it's not even like the car's lumbering, but you just like, it takes something to get it moving. You really don't feel that with this. And it has a 10-speed automatic transmission, so it's very smooth. So as the power, it's not, excuse me, there's none of those harsh shifts that you feel as it's trying to get up to speed. It's very, very smooth and quiet. It has that whole luxury car vibe going on. So, and it's really pretty. It also has, um, it has massaging seats. Did you try those out? I'm not a fan of massaging seats. I just feel like I'm getting inappropriately bumped in the bottom. did and it's i and it was <clears throat> frog i can't get rid of this cough <clears throat> pardon me everybody um there are massaging seats it's not one of those like some cars have massaging seats where you have like 20 different like side massaging or your back or your butt or it's aggressive or it rolls over your shoulders this is one setting it's just one setting but there's like a high medium and low and it's kind of where the heated and cooled seat buttons are it's like a high medium and low like your heated or cooled seats it's the same thing with the massage um I mean, it was, I left it on for a couple of minutes and then I was like, I don't like this. So it's not a, it, I just, I, I, but massaging seats, you know, like it's, it's not an accurate thing. Love your car accurate. I love this car, but like, have you ever done those chairs? Like they have it like the airport or I guess they have them in shopping malls. You put like money in and it's like, you sit there and it's supposed to massage you. And it's like, I feel like they all feel like those would feel like, You've spent five bucks to have a, a crappy massage in a seat in an airport. I kind of feel like all of them, whether it's the one in the Acura that is just three levels of one kind of massage or it's one in a Mercedes that has, you know, three levels of five different kinds of massage. I don't, I'm not a fan. I don't understand how we got here with the massaging seats. That's kind of where I'm at. I'm just like, at what point has the world collectively gone? yes. That's what we need to spend our R and D money on. Like, and there's like so a, many other. It's it's like there's so many other problems in the world. Like, why can't we just like solve world hunger? Like, it's like that. Right. I'm just like, there's so many other things out of the car. Like, why do we have to? Like, massaging seats is not the hill to die on. Like, just stop putting no. them in cars. Yeah, Make that a subscription, I, and they're gonna find out people don't want them. Like, oh, I don't seriously. know who in their in their focus groups is like, I cannot live without Z massaging seats in my BMW. No, right. absolutely yeah, I not. Don't, I don't know anybody that that's a deal breaker. I know people who like ventilated seats is a deal breaker for some people who live in the South. That's you. Heated seats are a deal breaker for people who live up North. That's me. I said, but I've never heard anybody like, well, you know, I didn't buy it because they didn't have massaging seats. Like what? (laughs) It's like in Jerry Seinfeld. Who are these people? Like I have questions. If you are one of those people, please put 
connect with us on Twitter and tell us because we have questions for you. We have a lot of yes. questions for you. Because I don't I don't know who I don't know who the person is that wants the massaging seats. I just don't. Um and I mean they have the same seats, in addition to being heating and ventilated, they are 16-way power adjustable. I'm down for that. Make your seats nine bazillion ways adjustable. No, no, no. 30 is too much. 30 is too much because those Lincoln and those Ford seats that are 30-way <laughs> adjustable, you can never get comfortable. Never. So what's those, the number? What's No, now I'm going to make I pick a number. I think mean, 16 to 18 ideal? is a happy medium. Okay. These are More 16. than four. I need at least six. Preferably no, between eight and 18. Eight and 18. 18. I feel like I'm going to go more towards the 18 because you want to be able to adjust. You have the, you know, when you have the lumbar that you can adjust that can have multiple, like an upper and a lower back adjustment, you know, you I, want I'm all usually the back too short adjustment. for the lumbar. I don't know. You and I have the same height, but somehow like, I, I don't know. And it, it's, it, I will say this. I've started using lumbar more that I've started doing more Pilates and this is you know, a totally like first world problem. But now I guess I want to sit more upright. And before I was more comfortable <laughs> in my seated, I don't know. I feel like my Pilates instructor would be like, yes, you were doing it right. Um, but yeah, so like but my, <laughs> my, my father and my husband absolutely love lumbar. And so like that is, that is their like literal wheelhouse that that's the hill they'll die on is the lumbar support. So I understand well, it. Um, yeah. but I do feel like more than eight, less than less than eight, 18 or less is probably my, my sweet spot in terms of multi-way automatic, uh, seat control functionality, which yes. is, you know, welcome to our nerd well, world. Right. So yeah. <laughs> so my, my, uh, daughter did not like the lumbar because whoever was in it before her had it apparently set for like super firm. I have a bad back and she literally sat down. She's like, I where are the buttons on this one, mom help. I can't, like, <laughs> How do I fix this? And I'm like, uh, reach here. You know? So she, they were, they were, it was rather firmly set. So I guess if you have a bad back, like truly a bad back, you can make it feel like a piece of wood behind you. Maybe that's what you want. I mean, if that's what you want, but I will say that I am very sad for you that you are not being able to test this MDX type S to its most capabilities because of the wheel. Because when I had it earlier this year in Napa and we, I mean, we are ripping it through the corners, quite honestly. Um, it's a lot of fun. It can handle yeah. stuff. It doesn't feel like a three row SUV. Um, it's one of my favorite SUVs right now. Like I really think it I hits nail the head. I and and for that, I, I Acura has a winner here. They already know that they do. They sell a ton of them. It's one of their best selling products. Um, and for good reason. It, the MDX is fabulous, whether regular MDX or MDX Type S. Um, Acura yeah. has hit it out of the park, design wise, comfort wise, style, authentic materials on the interior, braking, handling, all of it. It is a fantastic vehicle. And I do, even though I'm like being a little cautious on the rough roads, like it's not, I'm still driving it. Like I've driven on the highway. It's fine. It, it does handle beautifully. I'm not going to push it hard, but it handles beautifully. And it does, it is, it is a wonderful car. Now it's not the cheapest vehicle you can buy, but think about all the luxury features that it's got three rows of seating, the style, everything that it has to it. The one that I have sitting here now is 72,050. Fifty dollars. Honestly, so that's not, pretty fully loaded. That's right? not so bad that's for a three-row it's SUV. Fully, it's everything. So you look at this price, you're like, "Holy cow, seventy-two grand!" But you're getting a lot for that seventy-two thousand dollars. So I think this genuinely is a good value. Like, yeah, sure, you can get cheaper three-row SUVs, but what you're getting in this one, you were really getting a luxury car experience. The quiet, the ride, the power, the style, how it's equipped. Everything about this feels like a luxury vehicle. So you don't feel like you're sacrificing. So suddenly that 72,000 feels like a very reasonable price for what you are getting. So I, I am, I am all in with the MDX. I like it. 
I like it too. I would recommend it. Now, I drove two other vehicles this week that are a slightly lower price point. Quite honestly. Slightly, slightly lower. I drove the Buick Encore GX mm-hmm. and the Hyundai Kona N-Line. Which one do we want to talk about first? We're going to play a little game. Oh, let's, do you let's talk, talk about Nicole. I want to talk about the Encore. Let's talk about the Encore GX. So have you driven the Encore GX? I have, but it has been quite some time since I've driven one, I believe. Okay, so I think it's been out for two years now. It came out yeah. during COVID. Um, mm-hmm. It is not the smallest SUV they bake. They make that little roller skate looking Encore. Um, this is the Encore GX. It slots below the Envision, which is uh, two rows. I kept wanting to say two doors, not two doors, two rows. You want to make um, everything two doors today. <laughs> it is just a thing for me. Um, it is a four door SUV and you see it advertised all over, like in every yeah. sporting program ever. And with good reason. So it is $30,000-ish, mostly well, I mean, fully equipped. It is, mm-hmm. I think the one I had was 36 with everything. Um, it's fantastic. Like it's, it's not, car. it's not the most powerful. It is not the nicest on the inside. It is not the prettiest to look at. Um, it has one hell of a blind spot. Uh, but it is a fantastic SUV. It's a really great package. And I think that's that's kind of where it wins over so much other stuff. You get into it and you're like, no, this feels like $35,000 for the biggest, nicest equipped. Um, but it, it's just really good and it, it's comfortable. And it's I, I think it's the best Buick they make right now, quite honestly. No, I think it's a good Buick. And I mean, it has, because it has, like the pricing is reasonable. It's not outrageously priced. You have your, a choice, like you, they give you the front wheel drive or all wheel drive choice. So if you live somewhere and you don't want that, but you, the all wheel drive, but you still want to have like a vehicle that's a little higher. So there's a crossover thing going on, the SUV thing going on. You can do that. You're not spending a ton of money, but it's still a nicely equipped vehicle. Like you said, you can do fancier, you can do prettier, but as far as Buicks go, this is a good Buick. And I, you know what? I, I like, I want to root for Buick because I feel like they're still trying to overcome to a, a point that whole, like it was your grandfather's car thing that still, they haven't completely shaken it. They've shaken it a lot. They have shaken it a lot. Yeah. The Escalade helped do that. Um, but nothing escalate, sorry. Um, but they're like their vehicles have helped they've they've done vehicles that have helped do that, but it's still it's still got sort of this image like, oh, everyone drove a, a Buick once upon a time, your parents had a Buick, it, but it's it lost some of its prestige and I feel like it's trying to take that back and I think this helps it do that. I agree with that. Like I feel like it's a really approachable vehicle too, where you look at other things in the market and you're like, no, I actually want something a little more premium. And it does feel mm-hmm. that way. It, it it feels like that top and down. You can get a hands-free lift gate, you can get automatic wipers, you can get a rear camera mirror washer. Like like things that you don't really think right. you can get on something that's only thirty five thousand dollars. Um, but it's it's got a power panoramic moonroof. It really has all those, it, it ticks all those boxes. Whoever did the product planning on this, and by that I mean whoever sat down and formulated exactly what the package would look like for this mm-hmm. vehicle in terms of features and amenities and engineering, did a heck of a job because it really does hit so many of that. Now, it's not the most powerful. We did say that. Um, it has yeah. a 1.3 liter turbocharged engine, um, made it to a nine-speed automatic transmission. Uh, not a lot of turbo lag. It's smooth shifting. Um, like I said, all wheel drive or four wheel or four wheel front wheel drive. Um, it's really fantastic. Like I, I, I don't have a lot of complaints about it because it is at 35,000. You do set your expectations differently, but I right. have to say for 35,000, if someone made looking for a vehicle this size, I would be hard pressed to recommend much else. Yeah. Quite frankly. No, I think it's a really good choice. And I, and I do think, you know, it, it's just, it's got enough style. It's got enough luxury. It's got enough features 
to make it feel like something special, I guess, and to feel different, but not so much so that it pushes hard into luxury territory. It's like luxury light, maybe, is how I would describe yeah, it Yeah, I think it's, it's, it's solid premium, right? Like it's that mm-hmm. same category that Acura's in. We're like, exactly. you're paying a little bit more, but you're not going full on luxury and loading right. it up. And it does feel a little special. Like you can, you're like, I am in a Buick. Like it's nice. Right. Um, it's nice. I wish I like Cadillac it. had something similar um, for slightly more money. Like the XT4 is the exact opposite in terms of hitting it on the head. And yeah. and the the Buick has just done so well. But I do, I can't not mention the fact that Buick has changed its logo moving forward into something like. that looks like claw marks from a wildcat. And Ooh. I am not thrilled with it. If you haven't You're seen Nicole, thrilled. I recommend Google it. And audience, I'm, if I'm, you have not seen it, Google it when you get a chance. It's it's not ideal. It's, um, I, I, for as much praise as I have for the Buick Encore GX, I do not have oh, praise I for see their logo. It. I, was, I, I remember seeing this kind of, I'm looking at it now, like claws, huh? Okay, I kind of see it. Oh, it's, it's a, a little choice. different. Yeah. That was just the, oh, bless their heart. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Wouldn't have oh, been my choice. To this? Maybe we're going to get used to it. We're going to get used to it, Eileen. We're just, we have to get used to it. We don't really have a choice. We will get used to it. I refuse. You will not I mean, get, get off used my lawn. Get off my lawn. I refuse. <laughs> um, no, I just, I, I don't understand the logo, but I mean, whatever, to each their own. I've got enough rebranding efforts going on. Aston Martin just had, uh, in the last week, a new logo. Rolls-Royce has had mm-hmm. new ones lately. I mean, everybody's kind of rebranding with this new uh, new electrification push. So they have to we'll change see. all their logos. We'll see if everyone, we'll see if that sticks, how it how it goes. Wow. Yeah, because BMW did that like a few years ago before everybody else. Do you remember that? And it was, it's a flat logo. And mm-hmm. Man, is it unattractive. Yeah. <laughs> they put it on a few vehicles. You're just like, oh, no, 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 like, no. Oh. The BMW yeah. also has that, the grill. Let's not go there. Let's not, the, there. there's my it's, no, I will not accept it. No. No, it's, you just walked out of the room from your fight, right? You're like, I'm not going toward the IX. I'm not I've going toward the out. 4 Series. Yep. We've walked out of the room. Okay, no. so we've walked out of that room. We'll walk into the Hyundai N-Line, the Hyundai Kona N-Line. Now, yes. you and I have fond memories of driving the Kona when it first debuted in Kona, yes. uh, Hawaii. We had a blast driving it there. We had quite the adventure. Um, we brought home all sorts of nuts and chocolates and popcorns and all sorts of things that we shoved into the N-Line. We ate coffee, a coffee, lot. Coffee, coffee. I brought so coffee, much yes. coffee. I brought We went back. to a coffee plantation. We ate poke bowls by the ocean. Like We did all the Hawaii things. Um, I got a hell of a sunburn, quite frankly. It was, oh, it was bad. <laughs> um but it was, it was amazing. And so we really liked the Kona. So now we're four years into the Kona. I mean, it seems like it, it's wow. just flown by. And those are like, and I, we talk about, we have, we have COVID years, which are just a totally different measurement of time, but four exactly. years into the Kona now. Um, and this Kona N-Line starts at $25,850. It's got a 195 horsepower, 1.6 liter turbocharged four-cylinder engine, seven-speed dual clutch transmission. I love a good DCT. Um, 10.25 inch digital instrument cluster. It's got all those things that like the original Kona didn't have. Like four years ago, you look at what it had and I think it had like a seven inch screen and it had a lower yeah. charge engine. Like they've really evolved this model and the N-Line really is, is a sportier version. Um, yes. I, I'm impressed with it. Like it's fun. It's fun to toss around. It's not the Kona N. To be very clear, the Kona N is a different beast. It is a much more powerful. It is squirrely. It is like our friend says, riding a sheep. It is like that. Um, this isn't quite there. This is just like a trim level uh, on top of the regular Kona. And right. it's got sports seats, but it's not too sporty. Um, you know, it's it's sporty enough, I guess. It's got aluminum, or not aluminum pedals. Yeah, it does have aluminum alloy sport pedals. It's got all those things that you kind of want, 
um, without being too ostentatious. And I do like it. Like it's not, it, it, it's functional too, right? So like, I like the Veloster. Veloster's great. Yes, the Veloster isn't fun. as functional. It's a little like small. like a family. Like, right. Yeah. It's, it's, it's super fun, but it, it's, it's just small enough that it's not going to work for a lot of people. Like you have to be a single or just a couple. Like it doesn't work for a family. It doesn't really, it's a very narrow range of people for which that vehicle will work. But the Kona, actually, this is a, this is a good vehicle. I like the Kona. I even liked it when it first came out and it has come so far from where it was. But I think that it, it, the pricing, the interior, the packaging, it's, it's not, you know, this is Hyundai and Hyundai excels at giving you a lot of car for the price. Like whenever you get in a Hyundai, you go to almost any other brand. If you wanted the same features, you're going to pay a little bit more for it. And I feel like the Kona continues with that. It gives you a lot of features for the price and it is fun to drive. It's, and it looks cute. It's a cute little car. I think it's attractive styling. It's fun styling. It's, it's very young and it's fun. I like it. So I am a fan of the Kona in general. And I think the N lines are nice. Like you said, they're not the same as the N, which is the super sporty, crazy ones, but the N line, which makes it a little bit more zippy, snazzy, all those things. Snazzy. I like snazzy. I like how snazzy the N line looks. Yeah. Snazzy. Let's go with snazzy. So I'm a fan of the N lines and I like how it looks in the Kona. So, and I'm a Kona fan. I'm a Kona fan. Yeah. So the Kona is small right so it's not mm-hmm. it's it's a subcompact so it slots yeah below the santa fe it's below the tucson it's it's in in this in the hyundai lineup and it is yeah. planted on the ground so it is like a lower to the ground it's got its wheels out of its corners like it doesn't look like a hot hatch at all but you could no. see how how it could it could be kind of like that hot hatch replacement for families that actually need a little bit more space and yes. need to have something that's a little bit bigger especially the american families i mean what would this be like a mid-sized suv out in europe um, but yeah, over right. here, it's very small. <laughs> um, but I like the Kona. I think it's really great. And with 32 combined M- uh, MPG, that's, a, I mean, are we commuting like we used to? No, but that's really decent fuel economy. Honestly, 32, right. you're probably, you're- it's 29 in the city. So it's not, I mean, even if you're driving it and off and on as you're running errands, that's really not bad. Well, and even if you're not commuting, like you said, most people aren't commuting like they used to, but still, you know, gas prices are not cheap. I mean, they've come down a little bit as we've been, you know, over the last month or so, but still they're not, they're not cheap. And that is the kind of thing that can break your budget for a family. So if you're a small family who's looking for a small, affordable crossover situation, not only is a vehicle affordable, not only does it, you know, it's versatile, but you're not going to, you know, suddenly be crying when you have to go to the pump and fill it up because it's an efficient choice. Yeah, and I think that's kind of the happy medium right now. If you're going to go with an all-gasoline vehicle, you want something that's reasonably efficient, but also that suits all your needs and your price point. Because we all mm-hmm. know that hybrid vehicles are getting coming down, but still plug-in hybrid electric vehicles and battery electric vehicles are still expensive. The myth of the $30,000 Tesla has not come to fruition like uh, Elon promised, really. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, true. It, it, mm-hmm. they keep going up in price. And so so you know, getting something that's under $30,000, and this at twenty five, I mean, it's it's... It's not the highest grade you can get, um, but all in, it's still under 30. And that's that's not bad. Like the average family, that's a really good price. It's a really good car for the average family. And that's really where yeah. Hyundai hits a home run in everything yeah. they do. 
So they do. And I've always, I've always been a big fan of Hyundai. It was, it's funny when I first started doing this, like the, the cars, the brand that most surprised me, honestly, and still continues to is Hyundai. I had this very old image of them as being a brand that made sort of mediocre cars that weren't well equipped, that didn't hold. I had a very negative impression of them. I really did. The second I started driving their vehicles, it completely changed my mind. And I'm forever trying to convince people who are looking for good, affordable, reliable vehicles that Hyundai is a brand you should look at because you should all their full lineup is that way yeah their full lineup is good like i don't know of a hyundai that i would not recommend and that's really saying something especially as they evolve and they get more like ionic 6 just uh debuted it's an all-electric sedan you know they've got ionic 5 which is an all-electric they call it a crossover i'll call it a a raised hatchback um it's it's that sort of thing so hyundai's really come a long way now before we go, I just have to say, I'd be remiss if I did not mention a few weeks ago, I mentioned that I had a Nissan Rogue and I was concerned about its ProPilot and that I thought maybe the ProPilot was not working quite like it should. Yeah. And so I have a little follow up to that, um, which is oh. only fair to Nissan and to myself yeah. as a driver. Um, so Nissan has their ProPilot Assist has a navigation feature and it will the Navi link. And what it does is it links your driver assistance systems to the navigation. So if it thinks that there's a turn coming and there is a turn in the highway, it will slow you down. Below your set cruise control speed, if it perceives that perhaps you might want to slow down. Now, if anyone's ever driven on highways around the Atlanta area, they know that people do not slow down around the corners. And so I think um, based on a couple uh, more days of testing, I think that's what was happening is that the navigation would think that perhaps around this corner, I would like to slow from 70 to 55 because it was what it perceived to be a tight corner when in reality is not actually tight corner. It's just a curve in the road. And so there is a disconnect there between what the navigation sees and what the reality on the road is um, and how that is translated uh, in in the pro pilot system. Now, other automakers have this too. Hyundai has this. Kia has this. I have found it to be annoying in those cars, but not as annoying as it was in the Nissan. In all of those brands, you can deselect it. You have to go in and deselect it, but you can deselect it. Um, and so for that, that's just kind of where we ended up. But I, it was not broken. There's nothing wrong with it. Um, it was just an annoyance. And I, it was op, not operator error, but operator um, not being fully informed. And so uh, I discovered that on my own. Nissan didn't have to call and tell me. But I did want to make sure I cleared that up. Um, so we were fair to Nissan with that. The Rogue is still a fantastic vehicle. If you drive somewhere where you're using adaptive cruise control, um, on mostly straight roads, it'll be fantastic for you um, with the navigation link. If you're in a curvy area, don't use the navigation link. Um, that's my recommendation, at least. Um, but the Rogue, other than that, comfortable, capable, a little bit turbo lag, uh, but it's it's a good vehicle. So that's where there we're at. There you go. A little follow up. Um, all right. So, Nicole, what do we have coming up? I am going to Detroit next week to go drive like 50 different vehicles in two days because that's what we do. Yeah, you're what doing you some testing do? for Newsweek. Um, next week, um, I... Can I say I don't know? I don't even know what I'm doing next week, Eileen. I think I'm doing, I'm doing, I do have a weekend road trip that I am going to have a Ford expedition to take on a road trip up to the White Mountains and I'm going to pack full of family. So that might be my biggest adventure uh, next week is actually using a Ford expedition the way you're supposed to use a Ford expedition. Well, that's cool because you and I did road trip to Mackinac City and back in the but expedition. Just so it's the two very of us comfortable. In, yes. In two tiny little bags. <laughs> we we now, could have slept in it, honestly. Yes. Mm-hmm. It didn't have this three time, beds, but we could have slept th- in it. 
Exactly. This time there will be five of us in the vehicle, so we will make full use of the expedition the way it was intended. So that's going to be kind of, because I don't often have that much of a crew along with me to see, like, does this really work for the whole family, or is this a pain in the butt? So Please I tell will, me you're going to stick the tallest men in the third row. That's all I ask. I, I fully intend to stick the two six-foot-tall men in the third row of this vehicle, 100%. That's they They're sit. brothers, so they've spent a fair amount of time being crammed into a vehicle together. So I feel like that's appropriate. I feel like that's appropriate. Okay, so you're going to go on a road trip. I'm going to go test about 50 different vehicles. So our episode next week, we'll talk about, not all 50, but we'll talk about some of the highlights from that. We'll talk about your road trip. And uh, I'll see you on the flip side. All right, bye. Bye. bye.